الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فيا عباد الله اتقوا الله تبارك وتعالى هف تقوى بالله فير الله Know that Allah Jalla wa'ala, He sees you, He hears you, and He's well aware of what you do. Ayyuhal Muslimun. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has said in His book, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, awfu bil'uqood, O you who have iman, fulfill your contracts. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered the believers, male and female to fulfill their contracts to fulfill their agreements to fulfill the trust that they are bound to whether they are agreements between us and Allah in worshipping him alone whether they are agreements between us and the messenger in believing in him and following him and obeying him or whether they are agreements between us, the human beings. And among those agreements that exist between us, the human beings, are the agreements that exist between nations to nations and people to nations. Because it is well known that most of the countries in the world, at least today, they have pacts between them, agreements between them, treaties between them. And likewise, we, the general citizens, the general people, there are agreements between us and the land that we are in. Either by being citizens of that country that you're in, or by entering into that country based upon a certain visa, a permit. And the one who violates this agreement, the one who violates this trust that he has with the land that he has entered in, by declaring war in that land, and by taking the lives of people in that land, then that person he has committed an act of ghadar. He's, com he's committed an act of treachery, an act of foul deception, an act which the Messenger والسلام, condemned, an act for which a person he shall be humiliated on Yawm Al Qiyamah. Allah's Messenger والسلام, he said in the narration of Abi Sa'id Al Khudri anhu, recorded by Imam Muslim, Yurfa'u li kulli ghadirin liwa Yawm Al Qiyamah. A banner of treachery shall be raised for every single treacherous individual in accordance to the treachery that he did and it shall be said This is the treachery of so and so and an example of such treachery an example of such treacherous people 
is the evil act. That evil, barbaric, callous act that occurred on Sunday this week in Sri Lanka by an animalistic, barbaric, evil, bloodthirsty group of terrorists who entered into mosques, entered into churches, entered into hotels, entered into those places carrying bombs in rucksacks, carrying them on their backs, entered into those churches, entered into those hotels, and then when they entered into those places that had old men, old women, that had tourists in them, that had women in them, that had harmless, non-combatant children in them, little babies. When those bloodthirsty, evil, barbaric killers entered into those churches and those hotels, they detonated those bombs, causing those men, causing those women, causing those children to die. The question is, what crime? In the eyes of the Sharia, in the eyes of Islamic law, did those people commit to warrant such a brutal form of violence? Even though Allah, Allah's Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, he said in the hadith of, the hadith of Ibn, uh, Ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhumah recorded by Imam Muslim, عُذِّبَتِ امْرَأَةٌ فِي هِرَّةٌ A woman was punished because of a cat. حَبَسَتْهَا أو قال حبستها أو كما قال الرسول عليه الصلاة والسلام سجنتها حتى ماتت. She caused that she caused that cat to become imprisoned until the cat died. فدخلت فيها النار. And thus, because of that, on an account of her killing the cat, that woman ended up in the fire of hell. This is in relation to killing a cat. If it is not allowed to kill a cat, how on earth is it possible in the Islamic law for a person to kill a man that is bound to his wheelchair in a church? If it's not permissible to kill an animal, how can it be possible? How can it be allowed in the mind of any reasonable person to kill a woman, to allow her body to blow up into pieces if it's not permissible to kill, to harm a small little cat? How on earth is it possible to allow a small little harmless innocent baby to be burnt to be to be blown up for his arms to be ripped apart from his body when Allah's messenger alayhi salatu wasalam told us that a man he was forgiven for doing what he was entered into paradise for doing what for quenching the thirst of a thirsty dog just because this man had mercy upon a dog, he was forgiven, entered into paradise. Why? Because he had mercy upon a dog. Where was the mercy upon those men, those women in that church and in those, in those hotels? No mercy was employed at all. Even though Allah Jalla wa Ala, he has said in his book, لا ينهاكم الله عن الذين لم يقاتلوكم في الدين ولم يخرجوكم من دياركم 
أن تبروهم وتقسطوا إليهم إن الله يحب المقسطين. Indeed, Allah He does not prohibit you concerning those non-Muslims that don't fight you on account of your religion and don't drive you out of your homes. That you should be good to them and you should be fair with them. Why? Inna Allah يحب المقسطين. Because Allah He loves those that are muqsitin. He loves those that are just, those that are fair. Were those children, were those people in those churches, were they fighting you? Those people, those people, those tourists in those hotels, were they driving out of your home? They, they did nothing of that sort. And therefore what you did was nothing other than an act of cold-blooded murder, other than an act of ghadar, of treachery, in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the deen that he has legislated and sent down for us to follow. Allah's messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, he was the most trustworthy of people. He was the most loyal of people and he wasn't a man that would break his contract. He wasn't a man that would break his agreement. He wasn't a man that would break his promise alayhi salatu wasalam. Even if he would be in the most compromising of situations, regardless of who the person to whom he had an agreement was, to, with an agreement with was, even if it was an arch enemy. Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman ta'ala He wants to join the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam in the battle of Badr, the first battle of the Muslimin. However, he said, nothing prevented me from the hadith in Sahih Muslim. Nothing prevented me from joining the battle of Badr except that the Quraysh, the invaders that were coming to invade Medina and annihilate the Muslims and kill the Prophet Muhammad, they stopped me on the way. They said, you only want to go, go and join Medina, uh, join Muhammad, i.e. you only want to go and join the army so that you can fight us. He said, I only want to go to Medina. I only want to make hijrah to Medina. As for the army, I won't, I won't join Muhammad in the battle. Hudayfa is then released after having been detained by the Quraysh when he was on his way to the battle. When he reached the Messenger and he told him about what had occurred, what did the Messenger then go on to say? Did he say to Hudayfa ibn Yaman, break the agreement? Because right now we're in a time of war. Did he say to Hudayfa ibn Yaman, break the agreement? Because right now this is the first battle that we're going to take place in. Break the agreement because right now we're outnumbered. La. Rather the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam said, Nafi lahum ahdahum wa nasta'inullaha alayhim wa nasta'inullaha alayhim We're going to fulfill our agreement with them, with the invading army. We're going to fulfill our agreement with them and we're going to seek the help of Allah against them. Look at the Sunnah of Al-Mustafa Even though the Quraysh had raised their sword against him now, even though the Quraysh, they were mobilizing their army in order to invade Al-Madinah and to annihilate the Muslims, the Messenger still said to Hudayfa, commanded Hudayfa ibn Yaman, 
to stick to the agreement. Even though the Muslims, they were only a third, almost a third of the invading army. Yet the Messenger والسلام, still commanded Hudayfa ibn Yaman to stick to the agreement. Even though this was the first battle that the Muslims were to engage in, the Messenger والسلام, he still commanded Hudayfa ibn Yaman to stick to the agreement. Even though this agreement between Hudayfa and the Quraysh was made, once war had already been declared, yet Al-Mustafa still commanded Hudayfa ibn Yaman to stick to the agreement. Why? Because the people of Deen, the people of the Sharia, they are a people who are loyal. They are a people who are trustworthy. They are people who keep their agreements. And therefore, they are not a people who break their agreements. But as for the Khawarij, as for ISIS, as for the terrorists, just like the terrorists that committed that act of terror in Sri Lanka this Sunday, then they have no regard for any, for any agreements and any pacts that they are bound to. Those people in reality, they do not understand the true purpose of jihad. They do not understand the legislated form of jihad. The only thing that they understand is killing, killing that leads to further killing, killing that leads to turmoil, killing that leads to chaos and anarchy upon the earth, killing that very same killing that began, that began at the hands of the forefathers of these terrorists. That sect, that very first sect that deviated from Islam, that sect known as the Khawarij. That sect about whom the Messenger said, Kilabunnar, dogs of the fire of hell. That sect about whom the Messenger said, Sharru qatla tahta adim they are the worst of those people killed under the canopy of the sky. That sect about whom the messenger says, They'll recite the Quran. The messenger prophesies that these terrorists are going to come. They'll recite the Quran, but it shall not go beyond their collarbones, meaning it shall not penetrate their hearts. That sect about whom the messenger, he said, They'll enter and exit the deen. Just like an arrow enters and exits the hunting prey. The Messenger, alayhi salatu wasalam, 1,400 years ago, warning against the khawarij, condemning the khawarij, freeing himself from the khawarij, from this evil sect that declares the blood of the Muslim leaders to be halal and declares the blood of all those that don't agree with them to be halal to be taken and as an extension to that they'll kill non-Muslims willy-nilly innocent non-Muslims without any just authority to do so this group of people that the messenger freed himself from upon us today is to free ourselves from these people if he is freeing himself from them before they even emerged as an actual group then it goes without saying that it's more imposing for us to do so now to free ourselves from these people free ourselves from isis free ourselves from al-qaeda free ourselves from jabhat al-nusra free ourselves from these terrorists that committed these acts of terror in sri lanka sunday this week why because their evil is an evil that is upon the muslims first and then as an extension to that 
it is, a, it is something that affects the non-Muslims as well. Al-Mustafa alayhi salatu wasalam told us about the source of their misguidance, the reason behind their misguidance. يَقْرَؤُونَ الْقُرْآنَ لَا يُجَاوِزُ حَنَاجِرَهُمْ They recite the Qur'an, but it won't, it won't go beyond their collarbones, meaning it won't penetrate their hearts. That is the source of their misguidance. They fail to understand the Book of Allah. They fail to understand the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah. They fail to understand the manhaj of the Salaf of this Ummah who are favored by Allah. They open up the Qur'an and they recite, وَقَاتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Fight in the path of Allah. We say to them, the fact that you're reciting this ayah shows that you've recited it, but it's not penetrated your heart. You fail to understand it. Allah says, وَقَاتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Fight in the path of Allah. In order for a fight to happen, you need two opponents, don't you? Where were the other opponents in those churches where you detonated those bombs? Where were the opponents in those hotel buildings where you detonated those bomb, bombs? Were those children combatants? Were those women, those men, those priests? Were they armed to kill you? Were they opponents? No. You didn't do qital. You, didn't, you did not do muqatala. You did not do fighting which requires another opponent. Rather, all you, just, all you did was qatal. All you did was killing. Allah Jalla wa ala, He then qualifies who you're meant to be fighting. Fight those who are fighting you, not innocent people. And then He says, But do not transgress. Don't kill the non combatants. Don't kill women. Don't kill children. Don't kill the monks, the priests in their churches, in their temples, in their synagogues. But rather fight those that are fighting you. Inna Allah la yuhibb al-mu'tadeen. Indeed Allah, He doesn't love al-mu'tadeen. He doesn't love those, those that transgress. Therefore this clearly shows to us that these terrorists, whether it's ISIS, or whether it's their sympathizers, that these terrorists, they have no regard, no concern for the Qur'an. They recite it but they just recite it upon their tongues. They don't understand it. They don't allow it to penetrate their hearts. They have no regard for the Quran. They have no regard for Islam. They have no regard for the justice of Islam. These people, they murder, claiming to seek Jannah. But they are dogs of the fire of hell, holding no regard for any land, because all land in their eyes is permissible for them to trespass. They hold no regard for any blood, because all blood in their eyes is permissible for them to spill. They hold no regard for any wealth because all wealth in their eyes is permissible for them to plunder. They hold no regard for any person's honor because every single person's honor in their eyes is permissible, is open for them to violate. Why? Because these people consider none but their own selves as worthy of living in the life of this world. And therefore, how befitting is the statement of Al-Mustafa alayhi salatu wasalam. When he said in the hadith, hadith of Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, in Sahih Muslim, فَإِذَا لَقِيْتُمُوهُمْ فَاقْتُلُوهُمْ فَإِنَّ فِي قَتْلِهِمْ أَجْرًا لِمَنْ قَتَلَهُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ The Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, when speaking about the Khawarij, and therefore, all of those people that have continued 
with the beliefs of the Khawarij until today, like these terrorists, he said about them that if you meet them, then kill them. For indeed, in killing them, there is reward for the one who kills them with Allah on Yawm al Qiyamah. This address the Messenger made for the authorities to fulfill. It is not for people like myself and yourselves to be vigilantes and take the lives of people, even if those people are committing crimes themselves. Rather, it's an addressment for the authorities. And thus, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He grants the Muslim lands, the Muslim governments today, He grants them the power and the ability to uproot the evil of ISIS and to annihilate the evil of ISIS. Astaghfirullah, innahu huwa al-ghafoorul rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulihi al-kareem. Nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een. Amma ba'd, faya ayuhal muslimoon. Allah's Messenger alayhi salatu wa salam in the hadith of Abi Hurayata radiallahu ta'ala anhu recorded by Imam al-Bukhari in his sahih. He said, Kullukum ra'in. وَكُلُّكُمْ مَسْؤُولٌ عَنْ رَعِيَّتِهِ كُلُّكُمْ رَاعٍ Each and every single one of you are shepherds. وَكُلُّكُمْ مَسْؤُولٌ عَنْ رَعِيَّتِهِ And each one of you is responsible for his flock. And indeed, among those people that are shepherds are the parents. And the flock of the parent are his children, her children. And therefore it's a responsibility for every single person that has a child under his guardianship that he educates that child or he ensures that that child receives the correct Islamic education, the correct cultivation, the correct nurturing concerning his belief, concerning his methodology. And part and parcel of that is a child knowing the evil of the Khawarij and the modern day Khawarij that exist today that are found in groups like ISIS and Al-Qaeda. Otherwise, there's no point 10 years from now, 15 years from now, burying your head in your hand saying, why has my child run off to Syria? Why has my child run off to Iraq? Why has my child gone and joined a terrorist organization? What did I do? If it was the case that you didn't do anything to ensure that your child is educated about the beliefs of the Khawarij. He's educated about the rules and regulations that Islam stipulates concerning how we are to interact with the non-Muslims, that we're to interact with them with justice and fairness. If it's the case that you never educated your child with this, or you never sent him to a masjid that is established upon the Sunnah, established upon the understanding of the Salaf of this Ummah, the early generations of this Ummah, where the child can be taught and educated with the correct education of Islam, then you've got nobody to blame but your own self. If you did, however, do that, you did your bit, you did your part, and then a child still deviates later on in life, then at least you've done your bit. You're not held accountable for that. Therefore, you're responsible. I am responsible. Each and every single one of us, we are shepherds for our flock. We are shepherds for our children, for our sons, for our daughters. Therefore, let each and every single one of us ensure that we make sure that our children are, are, are falling prey to the predators 
of ISIS and their likes, ensuring that they're not being groomed online by ISIS and their likes, ensuring that our children are receiving the correct Islamic education as far as these matters are concerned. Allahumma aati nufusana taqwaha wa zakkiha anta khayru man zakaha anta waliuha wa maulaha wa sallillahumma ala nabiyyina Muhammad walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa aqimu salaha.